This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Very happy to be joined here in the studio by one of our producers. Nelson is here. Yeah, baby. How you doing, Nelson? Uh, feeling feeling much better. Happy happy to be back and in, uh, in and around the office. This is crazy. So we were uh, after Labor Day. We were in Hamilton doing our show live from Hamilton. Nelson was in the studio for us back in London, Ontario, making sure that the Y108 feed uh, got on the air on FM 96. And we got back to London uh, the Wednesday or th- yeah, the Wednesday afternoon. afternoon and we found out Thursday morning that you had been in a bad bike accident. You've been cycling, getting ready for a triathlon, right? Yep, that's it. And you're doing some riding out in the country, and what happened to you? Yeah, so I, it was the Wednesday night. It was only about like uh, 6 p.m., and I was just kind of, the triathlon was that weekend, the Sunday, so it was kind of like my last sort of training session before the triathlon. It was just a nice, light, easy ride, nothing hard, nothing crazy or anything. So Of I was course, just, right? Just just outside the just outside the London in the country where I like to bike because it's um you know quote unquote safer and quieter out there, uh, and I was just kind of riding along and um, I was hit by a car kind of from behind where the car hit my back tire and basically sent me flying over my handlebars sort of to my right side a bit where I went like head first into the concrete like uh, face planted basically yeah. and. Uh, this is it's kind of a gruesome picture to paint, but the only like kind of conscious part I remember of it was just my face kind of dragging along no! the concrete, <laughs> and then I kind of just blacked out from there. Um, I I just kind of remember like kind of sort of just being a little bit disillusioned too when I sort of rolled over and sat up. I was like, did that really just happen to me? Like, and I remember just looking over at my right arm, and it was another gruesome picture to paint here. But my elbow was bent. The way that your elbow is not supposed to bend. <laughs> That's the worst. That's a, Jim, you, you know we watch like sporting injuries. You'll always try and show me the videos where like UFC fighters yeah. snap their legs or any sort of hyperextension if basketball. it bends in the wrong way. Yeah. When it goes the wrong, so your arm is is bent in the wrong. Yeah, the the UFC comparison, like whenever you see a guy like with an arm bar hyperextended, and it, that's pretty much how my arm looked when I sat up and looked over it. And Man. I just remember thinking, like, I just looked away immediately, like kind of. Sort of in denial still of what had just like happened. Like if you didn't look at it, it wasn't I, exactly. real. Exactly. I literally like looked it was a away. Dream. I looked away and I just kind of. This and, is the Taz and Jim you know, Thankfully, like, there's not really a whole lot of cars out there either, you know. Well, so. well it, we need to. This is the crazy part of the story. The car that hit you, there's no way they didn't know they hit you, correct? Oh, the, I mean, you would have seen me fly like five or six feet off my bike in front they of you. They didn't stop. They did not stop. And I was kind of, like I said, I kind of blacked out a bit not that I was like unconscious or anything it was just kind of like shock or something and like I said there's not a whole lot of cars out there and that's why a lot of people bike out there just because it's safer and quieter and then so it was like probably another minute before another car came down the road and saw you lie literally lying literally lying kind of just like I don't know like how to like paint the picture just I was still like just like kind of like out of did it. that really happen? And then, thankfully, I didn't even get to get this couple's name that stopped uh, because they just kind of rushed me in an ambulance. But I, I'd love, if if that was you and you somehow get in touch with it, I'd love to just thank you uh, for pulling over. And, uh, okay, it was Samaritan. me, Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll take the credit. <laughs> but isn't that insane that you could hit somebody 
on a bicycle and not stop to check if they're okay. When you hear that, when you hear about these hit and runs, you think of two things. I either think they're on their cell phone texting, Mm -hmm. or I think they're drunk and they don't want to stop because they're going to get charged with a DUI. Mm -hmm. Those those are the two assumptions that I always make. Or you're just a completely selfish idiot. Yeah. I I, I remember when I first first got to see my parents when they came, that was the two exact things my dad said as well. He's like, you know, it's just absolutely insane that like, you know, that you could drive away not knowing if that person's even alive, let mm-hmm. alone or unconscious. And, you know, I think, the, you know, the best, the luckiest thing for that person is that I am alive. You know so I mean? are yeah. the police looking for them or? There's, there's a investigation in case going on. Um, I won't get into details about it, but uh, yeah, eventually um, she did call in uh, the next day, over a day later, actually. I don't know if guilt got to her or if it was one of those reasons. So they know, said. they know who it is now. Yeah, there's there's like an ongoing case and everything, and they and then she did call in. Um, but like I said, like what if I was just dead there? You know, like yeah, it's it's almost like they waited for the news and say, okay, there's no dead body. Okay, I won't get charged with manslaughter. Now I'll call. What in. if perhaps? What if? her stopping would have made the difference that would have saved your life. True, yeah. Completely. Like, you know, like I like I said, I went head first and if I wasn't wearing a helmet, like I'm like, you know, I was talking to Dodgers like because my helmet was completely kind of dented in yeah. um on the on my right side forehead and I would easily be either dead or completely brain damaged. We're talking to one of our producers, Nelson, who uh, was riding his bike. He got hit by a car that took off, hit and run uh, accident. I got to say, the picture I saw initially of your face, you looked like Two-Face from (laughs) Batman. Like, it was bad, but I don't know what kind of magic they used here. (laughs) It's looking way better. I don't know how they treat that sort of thing, but yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, Two faces is like exactly what I would describe it as. The road rash I had um, all along my side of my right, my whole right face and my right, um, sort of my front thigh and my, my shoulder, uh, it was pretty gruesome. It looked pretty much like Two Face, but um, you know, once I got discharged from the hospital, um, thankfully, you know, my parents came down and stuff and you know, instead of having to wait a um, couple, two to three weeks, uh, Ontario Healthcare, um, uh, I just went to a private like skin doctor who's kind of a specialist in burns, and and I remember just going in being like, hey, like I'm sorry, I know it's bad, like whatever you can do uh, to clean it up. Not that I'm super vain about my looks, but it's it was really kind of distracting. Yeah. Um, and you just no don't know. Yeah, at that point. and also it was on my neck too, and so and you have a great neck to begin with. You don't want to ruin that thing. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty good. And I don't have a lot of facial hair to cover these uh, burns. You can't grow a great <laughs> can't beard. Grow a beard over it. So, but yeah, shout out to the Doctor Who in Burlington, Ontario. Um, you know, she's seen more worse burns than I have. So when I, I was, I was kind of shocked at how confident she was when I first went in there. Um, but you know, she's seen much worse stuff than than this, and she was able to kind of clean it up and resurface it and do a lot of really good work to the point where, like, I wanted to hug her after I looked at myself in the mirror afterwards. Wow, and very cool name, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. That's H O O. <laughs> Literally a miracle worker. Like yeah. if I, I we, we don't we're not gonna post the before and after, but it was it's quite amazing. Yeah, the after is way better than the before, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, thank you to, to Doctor Who. Thank you to uh, all all the healthcare workers mm-hmm. that helped you uh, through this. What do you got a you got a shattered elbow and a broken arm? Yeah, as well, so right? on top of that, my arm was broken, and obviously when my elbow was bent the other way, they had to reset it. And I and I do want to thank all the staff at the hospital. Like you know, our, our healthcare system gets under fire. Um, quite a bit, but the staff working at the hospitals are absolutely amazing. Like the nurses, the doctors, 
even just the whole staff working there are incredible. Well, we uh, we wanted to share Nelson's story just to remind you. But without that helmet on, you'd probably be dead right now. Yeah. Oh, and, and the one doctor, that he was a cyclist. He says, you know, he sees lots of people with bike accidents like every day pretty much. And he's like, the people with helmets are like make full recoveries and the people that don't have lifelong, you know injuries and stuff so yeah and I, I know there was another accident in london ontario earlier this week where a cyclist was hit a young guy not far off from your age mm-hmm. and, and he was killed and again that was a hit and run um just a you know a reminder to cyclists and to drivers you're sharing the road don't get aggressive with cyclists cyclists remember you're not a car you guys got to share the road and you got to work together man because nobody wants to be involved in an accident like this uh but if you're on a bike man your chances of winning that fight are not good especially like you know like bikes weigh you know the bike i was on like doesn't even weigh 20 pounds so like it doesn't take much and also it doesn't take much to the gravity of just falling off a bike if you were standing still or like sitting still is enough to like do enough brain damage to you for you know long-term effects how's the bike doing uh the back wheel was completely uh completely bent and uh kind of the rim was out of shape um but i mean i took the brunt of honestly my dad was looking at the bike he's like honestly other than the back wheel like it looks pretty fine (laughs) (laughs) well if you're a bike uh, repair person you want to help nelson out give us a call here at the station (laughs) we're glad you're okay buddy and uh and yeah if you are riding a bike make sure you're safe wear those helmets if you're driving a car respect the cyclists on the road Good to have you back at the station, buddy. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Beyond Meats COO almost bit a guy's nose off. So the chief executive officer of the company Beyond Meat almost bit off a guy's nose. Wow. Nose cartilage. The forbidden meat. (laughs) In fairness, that is Beyond Meat. True. (laughs) Nose. Human nose. Next level. <laughs> it's like when you don't eat meat for so long, you're jonesing for any type of flesh. Ah, I need anything. Like the cartoon characters when they're staring at somebody and they're so hungry that they turn into uh, a chicken drumstick with eyeballs. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they start hallucinating. For sure. <laughs> so the guy's name is Doug Ramsey. He's 53. He's been the COO at Beyond Meat for 10 months now. Saturday night, he was at a college football game, Arkansas, Missouri State, <laughs> when a car cut him off in line, made contact with the front right tire of his Ford Bronco, sending him into a rage. Got out of the, his Bronco, walked up to the person's Subaru, punched through the back windshield. Holy. It's like the Terminator. The other driver got out. They started fighting. Then, according to police, Doug bit the guy's nose, ripping the flesh off the tip. Jeez, man. Witnesses also say he threatened to kill him. What is up with people driving Ford Broncos trying to kill people? <laughs> this guy needs a hamburger. <laughs> yeah. Like, relax, Calm dude. Calm down. Uh, he has been arrested, third-degree battery, making terroristic threats. Terroristic threats. Holy cow, man. This guy must have been on something or just on the next level of road rage at that point. To like bite a man's nose, you must be. I don't know this guy's personality, but like you're either a psycho to begin with or you're seeing absolute red 
you know? He reached his breaking point. Maybe. The guy I, did clip him. I wonder, I wonder, like, does it, if you get the tip of the nose off, is it squirting? Like, I'm picturing uh, Dan Aykroyd when he was Julia's, Julia Child on Saturday Night Live and he cuts the finger off and the blood's just <laughs> squirting out of the finger. Yeah. You huh. think? Or would it be like a red skull from Captain America and it's just the, just the nose is gone and you can, like, see into the head? I hope to never find out, to be honest. <laughs> Beyond Meat COO. You got to go for a vegetarian option if you're this guy. Like, bite the nose off of a snowman. Yeah. Carotene, you know, helps you see in the dark. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. I thought this was just an urban legend. Growing up in the 90s, you know, uh, grunge was a pretty big deal back then, Jim. Mm-hmm. I was kind of around. Grunge music. Yeah, you're, you're a youngster. But I was in high school with a... Uh, there was times where I wore three different plaid shirts to school. That's how into grunge I was. At the same time? One around your waist, two on your torso, you know? <laughs> That's like a magic eye thing from the newspaper <laughs> when you look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have uh, three pairs of ripped jeans on. Big, big old boots. It was, it was a contest to see who could be the grungiest back yeah, in the nineties, sweatiest. And who thought Mariah Carey wanted to be in the running? Pop, darling, the 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 sugar pop princess Mariah Carey. There was a rumor that she had recorded a grunge album. We now know those rumors are true. So apparently what happened, Mariah Carey, this is like right when she was like... Heartbreaker. Heartbreaker. You know, the the big jams that she was putting out in the 90s on the pop charts, she decided to get experimental, uh, collaborated with some folks, and she recorded a grunge album inspired by bands like Garbage and Hole. She was really into that stuff. And the record company said, there is absolutely no way we are going to release this <laughs> and, and mess with what they had, the winning recipe for her to be a diva on the pop charts. So they said, we're not releasing this album. What she did is she ended up giving it to one of her collaborators, and they recorded it under the band name Chick. So this is not Mariah Carey singing lead vocals, but this is an idea of what her grunge album would have sounded like. What's that one called, Jim? That one's called Malibu or Malibu Barbie. I mean, it sounds all right uh, for yeah. whoever covered it. There's a, her friend, I guess, Clarissa Dane is the one who did the lead vocals and was the, the front uh, woman of that band. Chick was the name of them. Here's yeah. another. This is another Mariah Carey grunge song. Very whole-esque. Pretty Mary Sunshine kind of sounds like that kind of. This is uh, called Demented. Again, it sounds like a 
female-led grunge band from the 90s. I just realized the album was called Someone's Ugly Daughter. And it's funny, Mariah Carey, one of the most beautiful women of the 90s. If she's doing grunge, it has to be depressing, so she's got to call it something dark. Well, it can be a reference to more than just the physical, Jim. Oh, but she's beautiful on the inside. I'm a big Mariah Carey fan, I gotta be oh. honest. What was the video where she was on the jet skis and she had the bathing suit with the zipper on it? Oh, that was, yeah, early 2000s, I can't remember. Was but that Heartbreaker? We Belong Together? No, that was... That was we Heart- Belong Together. Heartbreaker was in the movie theater when right, she was right. like spying on her ex or something like that. Yeah, those videos were, uh, were something else when you're a teenage boy. Um, so, Mariah Carey has found the originals... And she says now she's going to release it. The record company can't do anything about it. She is going to release her grunge album. Hmm. Finally, after decades, Mariah Carey's grunge album will see the light of day. I can't wait. I'm also pumped for Dave Grohl's R&B album, which is coming up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Allison Chains <laughs> sing Motown's greatest hits. <laughs> peacock. I want to see you. Peacock. peacock. You peacock. peacock. You're a peacock. You're a peacock. You're a peacock. Are you brave enough to let me see a peacock? Time for sports. Our sports guy, Devin Peacock, is here. And a double whammy with Monday Night Football last night, Dev. Jeez, your Buffalo Bills sure know how to play football. They played great, and they started early. It's like they wanted me to see as much of the game as possible. It was fantastic. 7-15 start on a Monday. I'll take it. Did you watch the whole game? I I watched uh, up until once they started to pull away in the third quarter. That's my move in terms of, you know, going to bed. Like, if they're going to blow this, I don't want to watch. I'm going to go to bed knowing they're up way big, and I don't want to see any potential collapse. Of course, there wasn't a collapse because they dominated. When I went to sleep, they were in the 40s. <laughs> 40, 41 to 7, I think, was the score when I fell asleep. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee was not in this whatsoever. They got to 7-7 seven, seven at one point. It looked like they might give them a game. And then in the third quarter, Buffalo outscored Tennessee 24 to nothing. And that was the ball game. They turned the ball over. They contained Derrick Henry. And Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs was borderline unstoppable for Buffalo. Tennessee did not have an answer for that. Diggs had three touchdowns last night. They were looking like they were in midseason form. So a couple Bills mafioso like uh, you, Jim, and you, Dev, you must be pretty optimistic moving forward. I think it didn't take this game to do that. They were already heavy favorites going into this season. So this is just par for the course and what's to be expected. But uh, I'm going to keep gambling on them every week and see how this is going. Because it worked last night. Oh, you I got, got some a, cash down I got 100 bucks on them next Monday. Hey-o. Sorry, next Sunday. Oh, is this the game you accidentally <laughs> this is the one bet I, on? No, th- that, <laughs> next week is the one I accidentally bet on, so I put 80 bucks down on this game, and it barely paid anything because they were such heavy favorites. But I did win it, and I'm crushing my DraftKings right now, guys. So, Buffalo, <laughs> thank you. Buffalo is on the road in Miami. They are five-point favorites right now for next week. I still would. I mean... You got to go with the Bills at, at, until they prove you otherwise. Miami's looking good this year. They, they had uh, they had a great week last week. Two was looking good, but I will believe the Dolphins can stop the Bills when they actually do it. The Bills actually punted last night. They've barely punted in the past couple of games, even going back to last season. And when they punted, the uh, Titans dropped the punt and they got the ball back. So they should almost punt more <laughs> often because it winds up with them in a scoring position. 
And Jalen Hurts, the Eagles quarterback, was on fire last night. They beat the uh, the Minnesota Vikings pretty good. They uh, they looked great. Jalen Hurts might have had one of the best games of his uh, career. I don't follow the Eagles game in, game out, but I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a better game than the one he had last night for Philadelphia against uh, Minnesota. He's looking to establish himself as the guy in Philadelphia with A.J. Brown now on the roster, previously of Tennessee. Looks like he has his target, and he has a, an extra boost of confidence that could really elevate them in the NFC East. Cocoon. Welcome to the Singing Bee! Yes! Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, over in England, put on quite the show in the lobby of the Savoy Hotel. There is a uh, pianist from Quebec that was accompanying the Prime Minister to the Queen's funeral, and they saw the piano, and they just couldn't resist Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like such a dweeb. <laughs> well, whether you're pro Trudeau or not, you got to admit, uh, it looks like a nerd. It's, a, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Give your head a shake, dude. Okay. Uh, we are going to get Taz and Jim listeners to sing in the style of Justin Trudeau a little Queen Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, we'll try uh, Nancy here in Port Dover. You ready, Nancy? Yes, I am. So far, Nancy, this is our final contestant here. We've got, come on, Elmer is calling from Elmer, Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> Elmer from Elmer. Okay. The only one, man. Let's, uh, let's play the clip here. When the music stops, keep singing like Justin Trudeau. Nothing really matters. 
Oscar for Prime yes! Minister. Send that guy to England. <laughs> I, I think that's our winner. You definitely, oh, were, the man. more you, you sang, the more you got into it there. I didn't think anybody could feel themselves more than Justin Trudeau singing that song, but you did it. Yeah, it wasn't quite <laughs> drama teachery enough, but it, it was, you had the passion. Elmer, congratulations. You are uh, in the big jackpot draw, $70 million, Lotto Max tonight, and you're going to see Iron Maiden Buddy in Hamilton. Anything for maiden ticket, anything. Yeah, baby. Four hours here in Chilean. Same <laughs> price tomorrow if you want another chance to win. Bohemian Rhapsody is ruined for us. I don't think, you know, after all Mike Myers did as a Canadian for that song, mm-hmm. Justin Trudeau comes in and he just eliminates any goodwill we had <laughs> done towards Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody as a country. Peacock. I want to see you. Peacock. 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 You're peacock. peacock. You're peacock. You're peacock. You're peacock. Are you brave enough to let me see your peacock? peacock. Talking we're talking sports with Taz and Jim sports guy Devin Peacock. There he is. <laughs> there Dev, he is. There's the guy. Dev, the, the NBA likes him barely legal. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hold on. Maybe not the best way to get into this segment. The eligibility age is possibly being lowered by the NBA. Yes, uh, since 2005, you've had to be at least 19 years old to be drafted into the NBA. Uh, That appears to change. So before then, you could be a high schooler, you could be 18 and be drafted into the NBA. Yeah, because Kobe did. Kobe did, LeBron did, uh, Kevin Garnett did, and there are a lot of other guys who also did, who did not work out in any way, shape, or form. And so they decided to change uh, the rule about uh, seven 17 years ago now, uh, but they're going to bring it back because a lot has changed from then until now. Number one, you have some of these other development leagues that are signing players, and so they're not going the college route. They're going to play like, you know, G League, Ignite, and some other European leagues. leagues uh, yeah. European leagues and everything. And so I think the NBA wants to try and keep these guys in-house. Not that they're going to pass over the NBA because the NBA is still the top league. There's no rival for them. But if guys are not going to go to college, because the rule states you have to be a year removed from high school. Guys were going to college in some cases, but also taking other routes. So the NBA wants to bring this all in-house, keep all the prospects as close as possible to them. And just times have changed. I don't think you're going to have as many guys make the jump to high school that you had before when they clearly were not ready for the NBA. Does this mean that LeBron and Bronny have a chance to play together on the same team sooner than we thought it does not that that's one that was what everyone was wondering i like, guess lebron james just pulling the strings yeah, so that's one year earlier right the uh, what what the the cba is uh, going to have to be changed with this and so the cba ends at the end of the 2023 season so 2024 is the first year that high schoolers could be drafted into the nba that's a year after Bronny goes to college so it does not impact him but what this does do is you could have a super draft in 2024 so all those teams that have been firing around first round picks to try and acquire stars who gave up their first round pick they could be missing out on a huge prospect because a mega draft is coming in the nba in a couple of years this is the taz and jim podcast
Man, we have made some amazing advances when it comes to exploring outer space, up to the moon. You got the uh, the Mars stuff going on. There's a little mini helicopter on a, a robot on Mars right now that humans put there. And now they're sending one to Uranus. <laughs> yes, of course. It is a, a probe that is going to Uranus. Now, the uh, is it NASA behind this thing? Well, NASA, their next goal is to go to Uranus. And they, they haven't designed the probe. They haven't uh, came up with the mission plan yet. But they have said this is the next goal to go to Uranus or one of the moons of Uranus. Stop <laughs> stop looking at with me with such delight. Taz, no, okay? I, listen, listen. I know I'm, it takes some restraint to have an adult conversation about this topic. But they're looking for a name for the probe that they will be sending to that planet. And I don't know if this was a smart decision, but they asked the internet for help. Yes. And there was one social media site that all the space people love. It's called Explore IGO, and it got the ball rolling here. What should we name the probe that's going to Uranus? And sure enough... The name started rolling. The in suggestions. What do we got? Uh, the Wandering Finger is one of them. <laughs> and on that note, Mission Colonoscopy is another one. Um, I like this one. This is like collective, like, you know, this is a move for humanity. Our anus. Not your anus. This is our anus. <laughs> <laughs> one small step for my anus. <laughs> <laughs> one giant leap for our anus. It's kind of clever because you only put an O at the front of it, and it's our anus. Right? Yeah, one extra letter. Yeah. Uh, we got the pe- peg assist. Peg assist. <laughs> yeah, which looks better written out. Uh, the Charmin. Uh, the deep dive. And then we also have some, you know, pretty professional sounding ones here, like uh, Advanced New Uranus Space Mission, better known as ANUS. Uh, They also have the Better Uranus Telemetry Tracking System, also known as BUTS. (laughs) How about this one? The acronyms are rolling in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Research Education Charging Towards Uranus Mission, better known as Rectum. It would be great if they named the probe Rectum, and then there was an incident, like an Apollo 13-style incident, where uh, astronauts on board almost uh, lost their lives, and then when they got back to Earth, they could say, Rectum, damn near killed them. (laughs) (laughs) And I could die a happy man. (laughs) And all dads would instantly die happy. I'm so happy. I'm glad I lived to see the day. Wrecked him. Damn near killed him. That's a good one. <laughs> that's the best ones. I mean, they're still rolling in here. The suppository, you know. That's <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast. What is it with people in Vancouver and rioting? <laughs> Man, remember uh, years back when the Canucks did not win the Stanley Cup and fans had a little bit of an issue with that? Mm-hmm. Almost burnt down the city, but at least two young people made out on a street. <laughs> so it was all good. Iconic photo. <laughs> Iconic photo. There was a, uh, a riot last night in British Columbia. What was the cause, Jim? There was a uh, a show slash festival and the headliner, Lily Little Baby. Lil Lil Baby was yeah. playing? There's far too many Lil's in the rap world, by the way. It's hard to keep track. 
but Lil Baby was supposed to play, and then at 9.30 p.m., 9.30, he's about to go on stage, canceled, says, oh, sorry, Lil Baby is uh, is sick, he can't do the show tonight. So there was about 8,000 people waiting there, oh, ready no. to see the show, and police say about 7,000 left. The other 1,000 did not leave, and witnesses are saying that they heard people in the crowd say, quote, Let's start a riot. <laughs> and indeed they did. One guy started kicking. Always good to announce your intentions. Yes. Hear ye, hear ye. We shall begin ye riot. One guy started kicking a beer vending machine. Other people started climbing up tents. There's a picture of a guy like on top of a tent right now that's going viral. He's holding onto the pole. Kind of looks like he's in Assassin's Creed or something like that. Or They're calling him Donkey Kong. <laughs> Yeah, King Kong or something like that because he's up there. Uh, Neighbors reported hearing dozens of police cars racing towards the scene around 10 p.m. Several hundred people involved with fighting property destruction at the amphitheater and surrounding neighborhood. They were kicking over garbage bins. There was food vendors waiting for people to come out after the show. They got tipped over. They got destroyed. Uh, Lampposts knocked down. And people were chanting, I want my $400 back. Because rightfully so, you would be super angry if you spent all that money, mostly to see the headliner. And right before he goes on stage, they tell you he's not coming? I want my $400 back. I'm going to need it to hire a lawyer. Because (laughs) all of this is on camera. In for a penny, in for a pound. Let's make it worth it. It is... The judge will now hear the case of Donkey Kong (laughs) (laughs) versus the greater Vancouver area. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild, especially since I thought Vancouver was supposed to be laid back. You know, they have the reputation of being chill and and calm, but they're rioting uh, more than... Other places yeah, in the country. Yeah, and everybody always says, Toronto, oh, the Leafs lose, Toronto's going to riot. I don't think so. And same with Montreal, too. Vancouver, Montreal, they claim to be the classiest, most advanced, most progressive places in Canada. But when things don't go their way, yeah. over goes the hot dog cart. The Leafs are so used to it. <laughs> yeah. right? Leaf fans are... We'd riot if we won. We'd yeah, be so confused. That's where I'd be concerned. If the Leafs ended up winning a Stanley Cup, then they tipped the CN Tower over. Oh, right into Lake Ontario. <laughs> or imagine Donkey Kong at the top of that thing. Amazing. Hanging on by one hand. <laughs> Iconic photo. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. I had uh, my, my kids start swimming lessons yesterday, Jim. A little late in the season, but... Uh... Must be indoor swimming lessons? Outdoor? What's going on? Of course indoor, yeah. Okay. And it was a real walk down memory lane. Hmm. They're taking their swimming lessons at the London Aquatic Center, the Canada Games London Aquatic Center, Mm -hmm. which was my very first place of employment as a young man. (laughs) How's it holding up without the Tasman custodian there? Yeah, building attendant, first of all. What's the difference? Uh, well, more keys. A building attendant is not a custodian. They do completely Did you clean different things? things. Okay, maybe it's close. <laughs> so yeah, I walked in there. Just the smell of the place brought me right back. And then my brother's uh, son, my nephew Will, is lifeguarding there, just like his dad used to do. Huh. So it was, and they kind of looked the same. It was just an odd moment all around really reminded me how old i've gotten yeah yeah. but it's a it's a big old pool 
the kids did great. I was, we were a little worried that we signed Grayson up for a, uh, a level of swimming lesson that was outside of his capability. He was like all the other kids in his, his class, him and his friend Joey are in the same swimming lesson class, and all the other kids were like a foot taller than them. Hmm. What's, they're, they're older? Like, they must be they older. They were older, yeah. yeah. The do, older kids. What no, happened? Just giants. <laughs> well, do they still not do the thing where it's like red, yellow, blue, whatever the order is, or how does it work now? There's descriptions. It's like, can your child do this, 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 and this? And we're like, we're fairly confident with Grayson's swimming ability, so we're like, yeah, he can handle that. But then he, you show up and you're like, oh boy, they're going right to the diving well here. This is uh, oh, this is pretty serious. I thought it was like school where you had to start like in kindergarten and work your way up. Like you had to start in like blue and work your however the heck. I it think used this to work is before the, the color levels, mm. right? To work your way up to to getting your bronze cross and becoming mm-hmm. a lifeguard. So this is like the the pre that. Mm. So they just ask you. How good is your kid at swimming? We said pretty good, <laughs> good enough. <laughs> but I was nervous, man, watching him swim. That's a deep, deep pool there. So to see him slide in there and and start swimming across from one end to the other, I was a little concerned. But he made it. Nice. And then the instructor asked, "Do you want to swim back or do you want to walk back?" And he said, "Swim back." There you go. That was uh, that was pretty cute, and so was my little daughter in the shallow end with the life jacket on. It's funny with the I like the kids with the life jackets when the life jacket floats up and it kind of squishes their face up. And yeah, makes it's not tight enough. Cheeks look chubbier. Yeah, pretty cute. But I'm, also, I'm a big fan of the flutter board as well. A little kid on a flutter board. Oh yeah, yeah. Hands funny. out outstretched in front of you, and they, and they can't really feet. go straight. They're like they're, they're like going like a snake, like an S. Very cute. Yeah. They got rid of the hot tub at the the aquatic center. This is this was the bane of my existence when I was the building attendant there. Catching people in the hot tub doing things they shouldn't be doing in there, whether it was alone or with a partner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. And I don't I, know what's worse. I was a, a teenager at the time, and for whatever reason, it was my responsibility to kick people out of there. Oh, God. <laughs> That's uh, disgusting. An authority figure at age 14, 15. Excuse me, you can't be <laughs> doing that in there. You're going to have to leave. I'm I'm disturbed by almost every communal hot tub. Now, I'm sure there's a ton of chemicals and they're clean or whatever, but like even at a resort, it's like there's too many people. It's too warm. I don't trust it. Yeah, you know what the uh, the building attendants will tell you at any public hot tub? Don't go in past <laughs> your knees. <laughs> Rule number one. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.